We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy opening day to those who celebrate. We had a lot to react to, a lot of injuries, a lot of stolen bases, some aces getting blown up, and one ace that was really good. I've got Glenn Colton joining me right now on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, uh, brought to you by the good folks from Vivid Seats. Uh, I am Jeff Erickson, here with my good friend Glenn Colton from Colton and the Wolfman on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio and Fantasy Alarm. Glenn, thank you so much for joining us. Happy opening day. Yes, a national holiday it should be. And but it is not for you. I it know, unfortunately. You're, you've got a real job. Uh, I have a day job, but uh, I have the Wolfman who is just texting throughout the day. All rise. It's Glaber Day and other fun notations of the day for Yankee fans, including me, but not him, strangely. But we have a lot of Aaron Judge in fantasy, so he's pretty psyched. Did you get him in tout? Did not get him in tout, but we have him in uh, the FSGA League. We have him in uh, in the main event that you and I did together, and yeah. I have him in my home league. So I've got uh, I got a good number of shares. You had that sweet, sweet third overall pick in our main event. I was down, you know, eating glue in the corner over there at fourteen. So uh, <laughs> although I'm actually kind of happy with that team, uh, we'll see how it works out. But uh, I like that we were far apart from each other. Uh, yes, though you did snipe us once. We had okay. we said, all right, we're. But it was on Yoan Moncada, so I can't get too angry with you. That was pretty late, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. Um, you know what? It's funny. I was getting sniped a little bit in the end game by John Posma. Actually, early game, too. Shane McClanahan went 314, uh, 313. Oof. That's the max pick in the main event. At least it was when on Monday night when we drafted. Uh, he also got Tommy Edmond at 713. I think that might have been his max. And when you're looking for stolen bases, that was frustrating. And then, like, four outfielders. We both were late on outfielders, like, Jose Siri, who homered today, James Altman, who's starting in center field for the Dodgers tonight. You know, I couldn't even get Austin Meadows. It was really frustrating. He got me like four times in a row, always in these odd number of rounds. He only won the main event overall before, so he might be a good player. I don't know. He, he might be a pretty good player, but I will tell you this. The predictability, and we'll talk about that draft, that was an unpredictable draft. I was surprised a number of times. Yeah, me too. What was there, uh, good and bad, when was our turn to pick? Yeah, uh, I agreed, and it was different than my other two main events. Uh, so we will talk, talk about that in full. But let's jump right off with it. Someone forgot to turn off the injury switch on in our video uh, game here, Glenn. Brutal day. I mean, just 
all the last week and a half we've seen stuff, but today alone, first of all, Justin Verlander with a surprise injury right there. Nobody likes the surprise injury. Uh, He's got a a minor Terry's major strain, uh, is what they're calling it, or a low-level one. Similar to Tristan McKenzie and at least the type of muscle that was hurt. Um, I'm not willing to call it a low-level one or a minor one until I see him actually come back, but I'm frustrated with this one here. I'm, I was frustrated with McKenzie, who I have in Tout Wars. Uh, you hate to see it. Oh, 100%. And there were three kinds of injuries that all the news broke today. There are the freak injuries on the field, the kinds of ones that you expect, but too many of them, and then the guys who actually didn't play and announced they were hurt. And it's not only Verlander. What about Daniel Bard, who I know was terrible in WC and whatever, but he's a closer who's now not a closer, and that's a big deal in fantasy. Huge. And with Daniel Bard, it's anxiety, too. Uh, so that doesn't bode well for closing. I mean, he's battled this before, too. That's mm-hmm. the sad part. He, he did conquer it. But, you know, you, you at least he is, uh, you know, I, I'll give him credit for, like, coming forward with this. You know, trying yeah, to 100%. It. So get help. try to internalize that. Yeah, 100%. Get help. Get yourself better. Baseball is, is a job in a game, but get your life right. Yeah, and you and, – your, your partner, Rick Wolf, he is big on mental health. Yeah, uh, huge and, contributor to the, the good. Unbelievable. Yes. So, uh, you know, always, uh, you know, I want to try to speak in kind tones about that. But it is a closer off the board before we even started. Uh, if, if you're trying to speculate this weekend, uh, who is your closer du jour for the Rockies? Uh, Denelson Lamette. I mean, to me, we've been saying in the fantasy business that he should have been, a, a you know, a short reliever for years. Yep. Uh, two pitches, nasty slider, throws hard. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I think the strikeout rate was 33, 34% last year. I mean, something really strong and snagged him in the 29th round of our main the other night. So also mm-hmm. rooting for him. <laughs> you are so you're not even bidding. You've got him. Exactly. Uh, that's and I, I'm kind of speculating a little bit on closer. No, actually, that league I'm fine with closer. I think I'm fine. We'll see. Uh but uh you know, that, that, that's a huge development. Verlander, though, that's a big one. I mean, that's your huge. ace. That's one of the top five to seven pitchers drafted. You're like, okay, I'm not going to take a chance on Jacob DeGrom because he's too injury prone. I'll take Justin Verlander instead. Yeah, I mean, knock on wood. Look, and, and the thing is, if Justin Verlander played for a middling team, I think he'd come back faster than pitching for the Mets. I know they're he's going to want to come back. He's that kind of bulldog competitor. But if you're the Mets and you have dreams of of you know hoisting the trophy at the end of October, you are not rushing him back. No, no, you're not. And uh, they they still won today despite Max Scherzer giving up a lead. Um, David Robertson got the save. We're noteworthy yes. there that uh, we saw him uh, right away get get that save off the top. After a report just yesterday that he wasn't guaranteed to be the closer. I thought that was kind of funny. We had that fake news and gets the save anyhow. And he was one, two, three, boom, boom, boom. Did have one long foul ball against Garrett Cooper, but got, got him out. Nonetheless, um, pretty encouraging. Uh, if you have David Robertson, you spent big money and fab on him. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And look, Adam Adovino was a Yankee. I got to watch him every day and he's just not a closer because Every once a game, he throws a cement mixer slider that gets hit, you know, to Yellowstone. And right. it, it, to me, he's in his proper use in the, you know, sixth to eighth inning. 
And were they going to use Juice Smith? Is that who was going to take the job? To me, David Robertson was the guy who was going to get the first chance and get some rope. And we saw bids around the 300s uh, in, in Fab Leagues where we drafted early. Uh, we saw like in mixed labor where we drafted in February, he went for big bucks. Uh, so people are very happy with that right about now. Um, yeah. I mean, people expected a trade, too. If you remember during the yeah. Tower Wars AL uh, auction, Joshi and Roster Diego Castillo for a dollar, and somebody said, future Mets closer. <laughs> yep. Might have been me. Uh, I don't know. But you know what? And he, Joe got him for a buck, and that's he's just a good pitcher in an AL only league. Like, that yeah, still, sure. still can be worth it. Um, ask Doug Dennis, who got Ron Marinaccio in his two good innings today. So, uh, you know, <laughs> his strategy is already coming together there. Max Freed. Ugh. Left with an injury today, trying to cover first base on a ground ball. Uh, he's going on the IL with a hamstring injury. Mm, that's a tough one. Had a lead three to one, four to one, something like that at the time. Uh, and, and again, he is either your ace or your number two if you went two early starters. Yeah, we have him as our ace in the labor NL auction that we did. Yeah. Um, and I was telling you off air, the only silver lining is we had drafted an inexpensive Ian Anderson, who I think should get. Max Freed's spot, and maybe he comes back and shows some of that. But if you drafted Freed, you're just going to have a hole for a little while. But here's the thing. It's going to even out, right? Because there are all of these other injured pitchers and the pitchers who you drafted to be your aces today, and we haven't talked about this yet, who didn't pitch like aces. No. Guys that you thought were rock solid. Jacob DeGrom. Nobody thought there was an issue if he was on the mound. The only issue was whether he took them in. He right. was not solid today. Aaron Nola was not good today. Um and there are others that I'm, I'm forgetting, but you know, Hunter Green was okay today. I mean, it, some of the some of the big names, other than the ones that wore pinstripes and you know pitched for San Francisco, were not necessarily rock solid. Right. Uh, the St. Louis uh, Toronto game, both starters you got go. hit pretty hard there, and you know, certainly our expectations for Miles Michaelis were pretty muted. But uh, in the main event league that you and I are together, I have both Manoa and Oof. Michaelis. Uh, oh. Not not a good day, Bob. Not a good day. But I do have Jordan Romano, so I got it. So there that. you go. That's yeah. helpful. And then I saw the injury to Wilson Contreras, and I am very worried. Yeah, that. So that was a uh, a ball right off the kneecap, right? Um, a pitch right pitch, off the yeah. kneecap. He yeah, totally got screwed up on the on the Crossed singles. up on that, right? Yep. And Jordan Hicks, who throw rumor has it throws a little hard too. So yikes, he had to get helped off. Andrew Kisner uh, replaced him in the game. That's a bad one. Yeah, not good. You're, you're then you're sort of hoping for Trace Barrera to come back, yeah, uh, which is not exactly where you want to be. Yeah, and in the case of and again, when you draft Wilson Contreras or other any other top level uh, catcher, I mean you're you're spending a high level pick on him, top ten pick on him in a fifteen team league, uh, e even higher in uh, you know only obviously uh, it, the replacement value is just nil. That that's the thing that's really tough. Oh, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, you just hope that it's just a bruise and he comes back in a couple of days or whatever. Right. But he went down the dugout steps and needed a lot of help. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. They have the day off tomorrow, the Cardinals and the Blue Jays. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. And, and was, <laughs> anger from a Cardinals fan about <laughs> Isner because he couldn't uh, uh, couldn't put the bunt down today. I kind of say don't bunt, but yeah, uh, that that's just me. Um, Thank you, Jason. In a 10-9 game, why are you bunting? Uh, but because you can't hit. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so you can't hit either. But uh, yeah, that that's a that's a difficult one there for sure. Uh, that that was a definitely a very ugly injury there. Uh, the other uh, and then the other one is a smaller grade injury, but you know it, it, it's impactful. And that's uh, Ryan Pepio uh, for the Dodgers yeah. going on the IL with an oblique strain. 
Michael Grove, I think, is going to get uh, some starts here for the Dodgers. They're already down. I mean, they're, 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 their renowned depth has been watered down quite a bit. Yeah, but when are you going to see Gavin Stone? Is that going to mean you see him faster? I mean, a lot of – if he comes Bobby up – Bobby Miller, for that matter. Yeah, but if one of those guys comes up, you're talking about serious fab bidding. Yep, really quickly. Uh, but that's the funny thing is the Dodgers have this loaded farm system. But they've also had always had this depth. They've always had like eight starters. They're they're down already to like five, four or five. You know, and we'll see what happens with Grove. I actually I think I took Grove and TGFBI. I don't know if I held on to him uh, there. Excuse me, yogurt. We got to call it by its proper name. But uh, you know, because uh, of TGBY, uh, I got TGBY. it. I got but uh, you know, I always call it the yogurt league because of that. Nonetheless, um, you know, it's just you know whether it's at in the middle infield when they lost Gavin Lux. You know, in the outfield, they've had some injuries. They're, they're just they, – they've got a lot of injuries right now. And a lot of their depth walked away in, in free agency this offseason too. It's true. And the rumor I'm hearing is they're just clearing out the room to try to lay out the half a billion dollar carpet for Shohei Otani. I've heard the very same. And, you know, and not get dinged on the luxury cap as much. Uh, so – and they'll still probably win 90-plus games. I actually like a little the, the under 96 and a half this year. Uh, I would like it, except I don't bet win totals that much. I, I, I would like yeah. it in theory when talking about it. I like to talk about it at least. I got a whole dollar I'm going to put down in that. No, yeah, exactly. uh, I don't I don't tend to bet those things either, largely because if I want to wait six months for a result, I'll play fantasy. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's precisely how I'm at. I don't, I don't want to have, you know, give them the time value of money uh, with my money. Um, I'd rather, yeah. Even though uh, if you see an edge, you can bet it, but still, even it, but like, yeah, I'm gonna pay the vig too. Uh, yeah, forget about it. Nope. I mean, you know, if you're a big fan, like you're a Reds fan, if you want to put like five bucks on the Reds to win the World Series or to win the division, just to sort of get a kick when that happens, I get it. But you know, to bet the Dodgers on how many games they win, and you have to then remember six months from now that you did that. Oh, mm-hmm. they're at ninety-five, and it's the last game of the year. What did I do <laughs> with that ticket? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, our, our podcasts are brought to you on the Blue Wire Network. Uh, we th- appreciate them for hosting us as always. As a result, here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. 
Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Thank you for your indulgence there and your patience. Uh, my guest is Glenn Colton from Colton and the Wolfman and Fantasy Alarm. Uh, Let's talk about some of the other results that actually happened on the field aside from injuries. Start off with your Yankees. Oh, yeah. Garrett Cole looked every bit like the ace. If you did Cole versus Burns, you went Cole. You're feeling pretty uh, pretty good about yourself right about There's that. There's another uh, ace who didn't pitch like an ace in Cole right. Burns that we were talking about. Look, Garrett Cole, I didn't actually see the game, and I'll watch it you know, on quick replay uh, mm. sometime later tonight, but he – he had like struck out everyone he faced for the first like almost four innings. It was right. incredible. And the only thing you were worried about is were they going to get a big enough lead because you knew he wasn't going to be into the eighth or the ninth inning. But, you know, I think there's going to be a huge year for Garrett Cole. I think they improved the defense on the team further. Um, and I think they're no, they're going to know how to manage him. I don't think you're going to see him pitching, you know, seven and eight innings as often as he did. And I think he's just going to stay strong through the year. And if you invested in Garrett Cole, or if you have your draft over the next few days, which some people still do, I would have no hesitation. Yeah. In the NFBC, he was the first starter drafted on average. Yes. Um, I did the, I, I did the Vegas main and I did draft him and with the ninth overall pick. So uh, I oh, oh as the first pitcher drafted, if you don't count Otani, because um, most people are going to use Otani as a hitter. Um, you get to choose every week. This week, I might use Otani as a pitcher, but we have him in labor, in labor AL, and we are using him as a pitcher in this. They have three games against, and he's pitching against the A's. So it's interesting to me. Why is there an off day when you're in Oakland? I mean, I get it when you're in the North, but I, you know, are you really that worried about a rainout? I mean. I shouldn't say that because we've had a ton of rain uh, this winter in California. Northern California has really been hit. Uh, the Bay Area has really been hit pretty hard by a lot of rain. So maybe that's why. Maybe. But, you know, if you talk about the absolute best situation for a pitcher against the A's in that spacious ballpark, I mean, yep. you know, of course, our luck, he'll hit three home runs today. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? Well, the, uh, and the thing is, I mean, the A's rotation, you look at it there, it's it's pretty cheesy. I mean, Muller, Fujinami, and Waldachuk, but it is two lefties. Uh, so even more makes sense for you to use him as a pitcher this week. I, I, I think this is the one week in the FPC you use him as a pitcher. I think more often than not in the NFPC in particular, you use him as a hitter. Just uh, Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to end up using him as a hitter 
you know, in the 30, whatever it is, uh, 26, 27 weeks, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, all but two or three times. Yeah. How much did you pay for him in labor? 36. Okay. That's reasonable. Um, and you know, the thing is in, in labor, which is very complex, it's complicated to use him, but when you're drafting in an AL only and you get a guy who's UT or pitcher, it gives you tremendous flexibility in the end game. I can yes. take advantage of a pitcher or hitter value at the end of the game. And so that gives real value. And, you know, I thought he was worth 36 if he never pitches. I agree. I agree. You know, so especially Steve if he Garth, runs, uh, yeah. which I think he will. I think he's going to do everything. He's he's playing for half a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you saw what Aaron Judge did. Please when stay he was healthy. Doing that. Please Knock stay healthy. I mean, just for the healthy game, anyhow. But yeah, right, just for the game for the man. Like, come on. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, other reactions from that Yankee game. Judge Homer's in the first at bat. Love nice that. to see him get right back off. Glaber, it was Glaber Day. We uh, a Homer and a stolen base. You love the combo meal there. Yeah, I was just going to say our friends Tristan and Eric called that the combo meal. Yes. Um, so here's the thing about Glaber Torres. I don't get any of the dislike in the fantasy or real baseball community. I don't understand it. It's a kid with, who's 26. He seems like he should be 32, but he's 26 with 2,400 plate appearances already in the major leagues. They're not getting rid of him. It's ridiculous. Look, if you could package a deal for Shohei Otani, fine, whatever. But, you know, they're not just going to cast him aside because he hasn't been the greatest player ever yet. He's still only 26 years old. And, and you've got an aging, you know, underperforming Josh Donaldson in his way and a Anthony Rizzo with a bad back and a Giancarlo Stanton who you know is going to miss time and they can move guys around. Glaber DH today. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Who was that second? DJ LeMayu. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and see, the thing is they have to make all those pieces fit. And I really do think it's a matter of like separating the wheat from the shaft so they can call up Peraza eventually. Um, I drafted Peraza and lost in a couple of places. He'll be up. Don't, I think he will, but over. in the main event, I can't wait. In tout, I can, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I have him in both places. But in the main event with you, I have Glaber. Uh, there you, you go. Let me have him at 10.2. I have to look at the board and see what were we doing there at 10.2. You took him at the back end. So Murphy is either 9.14 or 10.2. I got him and Sean Murphy. And I was going to take another pitcher. I needed pitching, but like the draft's giving me this. I have to take it. Yeah. So we had taken, um, we had taken Bogarts in the last pick before you ended up, I think, with. Mm-hmm. Torres. We took Bogarts and then we took Christian Walker. And first base looked much weaker than middle infield. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure we got Walker. And, and Bogarts, I thought falling down to the end of the eighth round was just foolish value. That's because of the risk, though. That's why he fell. I'll take that chance. We have Correa, too, so we'll be able to manage that. A lot of good middle infielders early in the top 10 rounds, though. I will say that. Especially a lot of good shortstops. Not as many second basemen that I like. I, I was thrilled to get Glaber there. We also uh, have a lot of, I have a lot of Glaber. We have him in, I think, Tout Wars. I have him in my home league. Got mm-hmm. plenty of Glaber. Yeah, but you want him in your most important league, uh, or most expensive league, too. But uh, it, it is the most expensive league. Well, we came in third in our league last year, so it kind of feels like we didn't pay for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You had a six months of uh, a free uh, there, a free league. That's all right. Months. That's all right. Uh, I finished third in both my mains last year. So I think it's like a tiny little profit, if I'm not mistaken, but um it's tiny uh that's that's the thing um 
All right. Uh, the other the, Anthony Volpe. We have to talk about him for a little yes. bit. Got a stolen base, in, a walk in a stolen base in his first plate appearance there. Easy stolen base for him. But the kid can fly. Yep. And the big thing for him is going to be to stay within himself, mm-hmm. right? A, yeah. you don't have to be Derek Jeter. Yes, you're very young. Yes, you're the starting shortstop on day one. Like, Jeter was just a different animal with the over-the-shoulder miracle catch in his first game ever, right. you know. Um, just, you don't need to carry this team. You don't need to hit 320. You don't need to steal 60 bags. You just need to be good. And, right. if, and if he can stay within himself, he'll be fine. And he obviously can can absolutely run. And, you know, the Yankees didn't do that much running over the last few years. And I think they're going to change that. I think you're going to see them run a lot more this year. Yep. And I've got a comment. Uh, well, let's go ahead and bring that up right now. And that is stolen bases. We're everywhere today. I saw a note from Alex Fast like an hour and a half ago. Last year on opening day, there were five stolen bases across Major League Baseball. As wow. of like an hour and a half ago, there's been 16 today. <sighs> It's, Welcome to the new reality. Yeah, I think one of the things, and I have to watch some more of the games today and tonight, but I think the thing that we didn't talk about enough in the preseason, even though we talked about the rules ad nauseum, mm-hmm. was the pitch clock effect on stolen bases. For sure. Because oh, yeah. y- y- you come set with two seconds, like, time to know, go. Take off. That makes, you know, that's it. Yeah. Well, especially when the, the pitcher doesn't have a throw left, a free throw left. You know, well, he, that's he, that too, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's why it was, I think, wet, uh, so on the Volpe stolen base, he walks. And first of all, that's a really good sign, too. He's always had yes. a good batting eye, but you like to see it. Webb does like a keep him honest throw. It's not even like Lamont Wade wasn't even standing on first base. A little lob over to first base is almost a catch your breath throw. That's wasting one of your real pickoff throws. That's, you gotta, that's gotta stop. I love the fact that that's gonna be out of baseball, that foolish lollipop to first base. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw, you know, runners going nuts all day. A couple guys got caught, but a lot, I mean, it was just, you know, Baltimore was running like crazy on the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you know, Mateo should have had three, but one of them was like, he, he got, uh, it was like a, a pitch got fouled off. He had the base stolen. And then the guy lined out the next pitch on a double into a double play, but he was running like crazy. I mean, you look all over a game and there was lots of stolen bases and that's going to change what we need to win in that category too. A hundred percent. Two things. One thing about the Baltimore game, if you're like a, a better or a daily fantasy player and you see that they DH Gunnar Henderson t- mm-hmm. t- to get Mateo and Urias and Frazier into the game, you got to know Mateo's going to be taken off. Like if I had sure. seen that in advance, I totally would have would have done a prop bet on the Urias got hurt today, by the way, the very I end of the see game. That. No, wait, Urias? that's the wrong no, Urias, no, actually. No. no, it's the Brewers one that got hurt. I'm sorry. Can, I get that I'm, mixed up all the time. I have a lot of Luis Urias, a lot of shares, yeah. and I, I got. I admit this. I kind of got happy. Wait a minute, it's the other guy, which I shouldn't be happy. Anybody got hurt, so I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it, it, you know that's one. Uh, but that's the thing. It's like it's, you know, did we draft enough stolen bases? I, I don't know. I mean, yes, it it lifts our stolen base guys, but you need more of them. It's like when we had Happy Fun Ball in 2019. It wasn't just that our guys got benefited, but we had to look every spot had to provide power, or at least you had to ac- account for that. You know, at yeah. one point in time, we needed like 27 home runs per spot in the order to get 80th percentile in, in the category. Yeah, I, I totally agree that teams that drafted guys who aren't going to run no matter what the rules are, are, are going to have a bigger problem. If you had guys throughout who are 
you know, five, 10, 15, you know, in addition to one or two guys who can run, those fives are going to turn into eight or 10, but the zeros are still going to be zeros. Yeah. So what that means is when there becomes the next, uh, you know, Bubba Thompson that gets the call, you better be spending your fab on that. You know, you better be going aggressive, uh, aggressively after that, uh, especially uh, in, in the NFBC and any other format there where you have an overall component. You can get away with punting it at tout uh, because it's only your own league. Oh, no, yeah. But unless you're Doug Dennis, you don't really want to give away a category at the start of the season uh, unless it, that's part of your plan all along. Yeah, I mean, I, like when Michael Garcia comes up in, in Kansas City, for example, look out. And yep. if, if Bryce Terang didn't go in some of the early – Mains, yep. Look out there too, and you know, Nate to me, on Kansas City is another guy yes. like that. Got him in tout, got him cheap. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. I completely agree that those guys are going to be, you know, higher value. But I think if I generally try to avoid drafting teams that are reliant only one or two guys to run. Yeah, same. Um, and so, if you did that, you're probably going to be protected. But I do think it does increase the value of the guys like Estuary Ruiz and Miles Straw and guys who, you know, you need them more this year, I think, than ever. Yeah, you do. You you absolutely do. You just you don't want to have, you know, you know, the thing is, it does it does raise the value of those steals only guys, but I hate drafting them, too. So that means yeah, you have to account for it. Otherwise, unless you're if you're willing to go draft Estuary Ruiz, I know he can actually hit the ball a little bit, but. I'm a little skeptical still, but if you're not willing to take them, you better make sure that you spend some early, you know, some early capital, some expensive capital on guys that do run. Uh, okay, let's move on to a different game here. Uh, we talked about aces not being aces. Let's talk about that Texas game uh, because Aaron Nola and Jacob Degrom both couldn't get out of the fourth inning. Yeah, I mean, I looked at Nola and said this is the most sure thing. Starter now, like it's one start. I'm not right. giving up. But you sort of you did not see that coming, and with Jacob Degrom, you expect him to basically pitch to a one ERA whenever he's on the mound, and that's it. Um, I'm writing it off for both guys, unless I hear about some kind of injury. But it just goes to show, nothing is certain. Yeah, um, it, it really does, and it also shows that it's one start too. Uh, before yeah. we throw out the panic flags, a start in March for crying out loud, you know, it's. Okay, you know, Aaron Noel is going to probably be okay unless there's uh, like, oh, well, my arms hurting or I, I'm, I've lost two miles on my fastball. Okay, well that might be a concern, but even then, fastball velocity in March and April sometimes isn't the same as it is when it heats up too. So, uh, don't panic too much. But it is really frustrating. I bet you there is someone in the NFPC main event that has both Nola and Degrom. Uh, <laughs> because if you think about it, end of the second, beginning of the third, you could see yeah. it happening there. Oh, look, you absolutely could. And, you know, to me, I thought there was some interesting things offensively. You know, Bubba Thompson did not start the game. I yeah, thought that I saw was that too. very bizarre. Uh, I'm not, not sure how long that's going to hold. There's been a lot of talk about Robbie Grossman being, you know, taking his game to another level and, and playing against both lefties and righties. And boom, big game. And yeah. a lot of talk about Alec Bohm, you know, taking it to another level. And today he certainly did. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't so worried so much about Grossman. I thought he'd be able to, he, he would start regardless, but it was, uh, who's the other guy that started for the Rangers? Uh, it's, it's, it was Josh Smith or Ezekiel? Josh Rand Smith. It was Josh Smith. Smith. And, you know, it was a riding on the mound. I, I really hope that's not a weak side platoon for Bubba Thompson. Thompson did come into the game and make a rob someone of a homer later on. So he was in the game late, but 
honestly, uh, that that's not what we paid for there. We want the stolen yeah. bases. We want those three plate appearances there, three to four plate appearances. Yeah, you want him to hit into a force play and steal two bases. Come on, especially with Tavares on the IL. I mean, that's why you draft him right now. You try to you know steal ten stolen bases, and then later on you kind of you know, and then you can move on to the next guy. Uh, but yeah, so that that was frustrating indeed. Um, yeah, that that game. Uh, no, but Degrom didn't look good either. Uh, the nope. Phillies got to him pretty well. Uh, I mean, the Phillies low key have had a really bad time. I mean, no, not even low key, big key. I mean, Hoskins gone uh, for the season. That that's devastating for them. Um, I didn't know, get any Derek Hall. Did you? I well, we were going to grab him and got sniped in the main that you and I were in. I okay. I grabbed him in my home league um, mm-hmm. after the injury, but I'm not sure they lose that much. Hoskins, a good, very good player. You hate to see an injury. He wasn't great with the glove. I'm not sure Hall is going to be that different there. And Hall's a huge power hitter. Neither one of the guys hits for average. I don't think you're going to see that big a step in. Well, that means also Sosa has to bat or somebody else has to go in too because Hall was probably going to be the DH with Hoskins at first, right? So so at the beginning, I think that's until, right. Until Harper comes back. Right. But, you know, they have a lot of guys that's not that are not Sosa. You know, Kingery was hitting it in the spring and as a guy who had pedigree for a long time. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Right. And, you know, I think you're going to see Marsh solidify an everyday role where they were talking about potential, you know, platoon there. Um, and, you, you know, maybe you see Castellanos do some more DHing because, as you know, from those Reds days, not exactly a gold glover. No, not so much. Not so much at all there. So, yeah, that's that that is. That's the question mark for them, but uh, you know that that, that will be a, a, something that they're going to have to deal with a lot there, uh, trying to figure that out. And we'll see. I mean, I I didn't get any Harper. I think came really close to getting Harper last night. Uh, I was going to take him at two pick two fifteen. He went at two eleven. I, I try not to stash in this contest, but I thought that was tantalizing. You know, we did it with with Altuve. Um, trying to remember, you know, round in our draft, yeah, round twenty. We, we, for five rounds, we talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> and at 20, we just said, okay, fine. And he didn't go. And, and the good news with Altuve is he didn't go on the 60 day IL today. There's some hope he makes it back before 60 days. We'll see. I don't think it really changes a ton right now, but you got to like it. It's at least absence of bad news. Oh, look, look, 100%. Interestingly, you know, we made the mistake of also drafting Harrison Bader, who I really like and should be back in two weeks. We're going to play very shorthanded for two weeks, which. In retrospect, we shouldn't have done. Yeah, I, I tend to say one stash and one stash only if you're going to do it in that contest because there's no IL spots, even in links with IL spots. I mean, that's two guys you have to account for. Everybody moves up a little bit there. I'm in mixed labor, which you did the broadcast for. I've got yes. seven pitchers either on the IL or demoted Oof. right now already. Cool. I had Verlander in that league. I had Bard in that league. That was Today was a fun day. No, oh, not really. But, you know, I will tell you, it really depends on the league format because – we in the FSGA league, which was only a 14 team mixed league, mm-hmm. which makes a huge difference. That's 29 to 30 more players available. That's a lot. Right. Um, we drafted both Buxton and Glass now. And yes, I get it. They're both probably going to miss time, but the replacement value is so much higher than it is when you're talking about an only league, even the 30 players between your NFBC 15 typical style and a 14. And that's why we took the risk. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's the thing. League context always matters. I think that's a fantastic point. I think it one that we don't remember often enough here. 
I want to talk about a couple more games, a couple more reactions. But uh, before we do that, quick note from our sponsor, Vivid Seats. Baseball is indeed back. Today is opening day. Swing into the MLB season with Vivid Seats and score tickets to all the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, and every heart-pounding double play of your favorite team live and in person. Plus, with Vivid Seats, now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets and simply cash in your credit toward your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. Pro reward tip. Buy tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress towards your free 11th ticket even faster. From behind the plate to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great seat tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. See VividSeats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. Welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Glenn Colton. You can hear Glenn and Rick on Tuesday nights on SiriusXM Fantasy and Colton and the Wolfman. Uh, you know, we're going to have a lot to react to, not just today, but uh, you know, five days worth of no games doubt. by the time you guys are back on air. Uh, excited about that. I want to talk a little St. Louis and Toronto. That was a nutty, wild game. Oof, crazy. You know, started off with both Manoa and Michaelis being non-aces. And, uh, you know, seeing them. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, ju- I'll jump in here. Uh, again, Michaelis, he's an innings eater. He's not the guy you were, you know, picking in the fourth round or fifth round. And, mm-hmm. and But Manoa very much was that guy that would be at worst your SP2. And I don't know. I was down on Manoa this year. I thought all the advanced metrics sort of said he's not going to be the same pitcher he was. I'm not counting him out after one start. But if I had drafted him with concerns, I have now more concerns. I'm much higher on Kevin Gosman in Toronto than I am, um, you know, on on Manoa. Who drafted him at 514 in our league together and and has concerns? This guy. (laughs) I did not even realize that. I'm sorry. That's all good. It's all good. No, I actually was very happy that Manoa made it to us. I think that was as late as he goes. Pick 74 overall. I mean, there were a lot of other aces that were already gone at that point in time, but uh, I could have like Ooh. taken Framber Valdez. He passed on, on Framber and the guy we took, Luke, Lucas Giolito and, and, and Lance Lynn, who I who I oh, both love both those guys. I both love both there. those guys too. Uh, but I mean, Giolito, I mean, he, yeah, he, he's a guy I would definitely been happy to get again. I, I almost should have taken both of them. That might've been an option too, but uh, regardless of uh, the drop in strikeouts is a little bit of a concern with Manoa. Typically, though, he does well on balls and play. You know, like he does well limiting hard contact. Um, I watched that game, and there was some hard contact against him. Obviously, Brendan Donovan's homer is one. There was a lot of soft contact. He didn't crush that ball, though. No, I wasn't sure that ball was going out. The hardest hit ball might have been Jordan Walker's singer single. Imagine that. On. Yeah, he <laughs> crushed that one. But uh, there were some like squib hits, bloop hits in that game for both teams all throughout the game. Uh, there was a lot of Babbitt luck going on there. And I wonder, maybe that was shift ball. Maybe that's something we have, or, or lack of shift ball. Yeah, I mean, I think the shift is going to make a huge difference. Uh, I, I think it's going to make a huge difference for the guys that we could have really predicted. The, 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 you know, the Corey Seegers of the world and the Anthony Rizzo's of the world and the Carlos Santana's of the world. But I didn't expect it to have such a huge effect game-wide so early so let's see if that's exactly what it is yeah uh i, I think that's right uh, and that's uh and we, you know the thing is it's 
limitations on shift. It's not elimination of the shift. I think people true. have this misconception. All you have to do is watch a Rays game, and you can realize that's not true. Uh, they had a, they had their second baseman standing one foot to the left of second base, and then moved after the pitch was thrown right up the middle, ground ball right up the middle, right to him, right into the adjusted shift, if you will. Uh, right. It's not completely gone. Wait till the left fielder goes over and plays between the second baseman and the first baseman. Yeah, and you'll see that rest. on occasion for sure, especially on teams like the Rays who have like all these fly catchers. Uh, you know, the the Arizona Diamondbacks are a prime candidate for that. They've got three yes. guys in their outfield that can just cover the earth, and so I I wouldn't be surprised to see that every once in a while too from them. No, I, I agree, and and uh, to me, I think there's no excuse. The, if if there is no left fielder, you gotta find some way to put the ball into left field. Yeah, for sure, hundred uh, percent. In that Cardinals uh, Blue Jays game, we saw our first official blown save of the year. I, I don't count eighth inning blown leads as blown saves, but unless it's the closer coming in to try to get four outs or something. But Helsley blew the save, walked the first batter, gave up a single to Kiermaier, gave up a blue hit to tie, and then a sack fly later for the go ahead uh, run. Um, when we lost last saw Helsley. He had health issues in the playoffs last year too. Blew that lead against the Phillies, if you recall. I do, and I was I was not in on Helsley this year at all. It, mostly because I also heard that he wasn't going to pitch two days in a row, right? Which is a big concern. But then you know who else got hurt that we didn't talk about? Giovanni Gallegos. Yeah. So now the number two guy's hurt. Hicks did not look like a guy you won the ninth oh. inning at all. Um, besides taking out your starting catcher, let's leave that aside. So there's going to be some interesting speculative bidding going on. Um, not for the big money that we are talking about with the David Robertsons of the world, but I could see, you know, finding a whole bunch of names in that bullpen, throw down a dollar or two and see what you get. Yeah. And Gallegos was unavailable due to a back issue. That's why he, he didn't pitch yeah, in this game. for good. No. Um, and the funny thing is like, he always rated pretty decently in my projections just because, you know, his last few years have been good. And we're talking about Giovanni yeah. Gallegos. And yet I didn't end up with him too much. I, I just I have a little bit of distrust about the Cardinals and Marmol and how he handles things. He doesn't tend to announce who the closer is at any given time. And yeah, he might end up with 10 saves over the course of the season. But is he going to is Gallegos going to be active on your roster for all 10 of those saves? It's in only yes. Yeah, in only yes. Mixed league. Uh, no, yeah. probably not. Well, Let's go, Chris Stratton. He was the, he was the guy who might get some saves in Pittsburgh last year, and maybe you'll oh, see him. He's no good though. <laughs> oh man, that doesn't matter. That's Somebody's got close. That's a good point. That is a good point. Get the saves, as Gene McCaffrey used to like to say all the time. Um, and so, yeah, that that's definitely an issue there. So the other uh, closer situation uh, that we had positive resolution on, if you got the early guy drafted, is the Minnesota Twins, John Duran. Uh, mm-hmm. Got the save. Not only did he get the save, but they brought in Jorge Lopez to pitch to get the last two outs of the seventh inning. Yes. Uh, you like seeing that. If you are a Duran guy, you absolutely like seeing that. But And in between, they went to Griffin Jacks, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. So I don't think Jacks is, is a big risk to steal a lot of the saves there. But that could be a guy who vultures seven or eight wins. And in yeah. an AL only or, or you know even in a 15-team mixer where you – have starts you don't really want to run out there in the particular week. That's valuable. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Um, point on Twitter uh, from Jason Wanick, uh, who I play in the main event league with uh, in Vegas. He says, it's not fantasy football. Let's relax on one game. Yeah, I, I, I agree. 100%. Point on, 
Yeah, especially on starting pitchers, but closers, you know, especially who gets the chance. I, I think that's different than saying, you know, you know, yeah, I think that's something you have to read on right now. Oh, look, I completely agree with that. And there, you know, look, I didn't watch that Minnesota game and there might have been a situation where, you know, Lopez matched up better in the seventh inning and I don't know the game situation. Yep. But Duran has the better stuff. And here's the read I have on this. Jax has mis- has really filthy stuff too. And if they're willing to use Jax as your fireman, then Duran is the closer. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I yeah, you know, I, I like seeing that. Jax is a, I mean, the twins have a really good bullpen. Thielbar's oh, a good yeah. pitcher too. Uh and they've the got lefty, like five good guys. Who's the, the young lefty? It's it's escaping me now. I'm gonna look it up, but I think you know who I'm talking about, who who had a really good year under the radar. Yeah, um, the nay, right? Uh Giovanni Moran, and they have Jorge Alcala, who was a big name last year. Yeah, so this is it's a better rotation that they have in a while too. I mean, we haven't even talked about Pablo Lopez, who was really strong today, five and a third against the Royals. Uh, You know, the Royals, yeah, (laughs) two hits, two hits. I like the top of that Royals lineup. Uh, We won't talk about the bottom half of it so much. Fair. uh, They had a weird inning-ending double play with uh, with uh, uh, Melendez on at the plate there that you know. Got the got Lopez out of a tight jam, so that was pretty handy. But yeah, the Twins. I mean, their pitching is is actually pretty good. I mean, so good that Bailey Over couldn't make the team, and that kind of and he had a great spring, and somehow he couldn't make the team. Alcala is the other guy I was thinking of, by the way. Yes. Uh, so uh, it, no, they have a very good bullpen. I'm a little concerned about the defense. Uh, sure. You know, Joey Gallo at first base. You know. Yep. That. Fair, fair. I think tough, but fair. But yeah, I agree. Um, better than Joey Gallo in center field. You know, we've seen him play there before. Uh, Kirilov's yeah. hurt, though, right now. Polanco's hurt right now. They've got some guys out of position, too. Yeah, but Kirilov has been hurt for a year and a half. I yeah. mean, how yeah. much can you really count on that? I'm rooting for him, but how much can you count on it? Yeah, uh, that's true. That's a good point. Um, but eh, pretty good news if you have that. Uh, one other reaction thing, you know, we get some sneaky surprises. You're talking about the the Texas Rangers and Bubba Thompson not starting. Cleveland brought us another one too. Oscar's Oscar Gonzalez is not in the starting lineup today in opening day. Instead, it's uh, Will Brennan. I love Will Brennan, our thirtieth round pick in the NFBC that we mm-hmm. talked about, but I didn't start him because it didn't look like he was going to be in the lineup. I got to tell you, I there's a player in Oscar Gonzalez we have none of. He had, I think, the worst chase rate in baseball in the second half last year. Yeah. And, yeah, he hit the great big home run in the, in the playoffs, which was awesome and fun to watch. But Has that great batting average last year. Oof, but Yeah, but Brennan, Brennan can play. Yep. Got him for uh, a minimum unit in my AL home league. And nice. someone goes, who – yeah, who the F is Will Brennan? Uh, you know, so, he was a Supreme Court justice back in, yeah, you know, in exactly, the 60s. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I like that. Spoken like a true lawyer. Uh, well, we got two of them here. So. Yes, that's true. I'm a recovering attorney. That's the difference. This is, well, you're smarter than me. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm just luckier than you are. Um, Fair as far enough. As that goes. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, I will tell you the other thing I thought was interesting, you know, about the twins' situation is they did DH Byron Buxton and played Michael yep. A. Taylor in center field. And I got to tell you, I think you're going to see a lot of that. You are. They've said as much. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like that if talk. you have Buxton, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have a bunch of Buxton, you know, shares in best ball. 
on the theory that, you know, in best ball, if he doesn't play, the, the computer will play somebody else for me. I don't have to figure it out. Um, but we drafted him in the FSGA league again in a shallow league. But if he's DHing and instead of getting 350 plate appearances, he gets 500 plate appearances. I mean, he had Dude. 28 home runs and, and under 400 plate appearances last year. Yeah. And he's going way cheaper this year. I got him at pick 99 in one of my main wow. events. I'm not a Buxton guy at all, but I was like, okay, I guess I, I, I can take, I can do this here. hundred oh, percent. Now I don't think he's going to run. That's the one thing I don't like. So I, I think that's right. Um, but it wouldn't shock me to see five. Yeah. You know, four or five. And to me, there's a huge difference between five and zero. No, because your sure. catchers get you nothing. So most of the time. So you have two catchers who get you nothing. And then a, two position players get you nothing. You got a problem. But if you have some fives and some sevens, I think it's okay. You can live with that, especially yeah. if they hit 35 home runs. Indeed. Indeed. Let's take a look at your teams. Uh, the All two right, teams let's that we did it. together here. Let's start off with Tout Wars. We did that first. Sure. Uh, couple weekends ago uh in new york that uh, was a super fun trip you guys did your usual thing where you spent pretty big on a couple of hitters uh and then kind of kept your powder dry after getting a bunch of big name players off the top i mean I, that's my reaction you got garrett cole i should say not just hitters but you got garrett cole you got bobby witt you got mike trout i feel that's kind of like your play is like you guys do that and then you wait for a while so it, it's interesting. We do do that, but we had the hammer at various points during the course of, of this draft. Yeah. Um, interestingly, I called up the, the Tout Wars draft and I'm looking at the 2022 draft. So that's a problem. Um, I will try to fix that. But, you know, what we did is we said for the pitching, we went, we had a budget of 200 on the hitting and 60 on the pitching. And we were confident that we could fill a pitching staff very, very well at those numbers because we weren't going to buy one of the three big closers. And that was just the end of it. Okay. Um, we weren't going to spend 20 something dollars on, on class a or, or Presley. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I totally understand it, but it was very liberating. So we decided, all right, we're not letting anybody have Garrett Cole for, for less than $35. So, but we wouldn't have gone to 36 and the bidding stopped. And I was actually surprised the bidding stopped. The, the plan was really to be, you know, get a couple of guys like guys like Giolito or Kirby or Lynn, you know, but Garrett Cole is clearly the class of the American League in my mind. And so it looks like we were spending bigger because we spent a one guy instead of two. Mm -hmm. But we didn't really spend like to the point where we were sitting out during the draft. Right. You know what I mean? No, and I, I know exactly what you mean. And especially because so I bought a lot of players early. A lot of players. You did. I, well, uh, you were jump bidding the whole time. <laughs> I was, but that's honestly I, I do that anyhow. I'm a I'm a jump bidder. I try to it's an AL auction, AL only auction. We have a two hundred and sixty dollar budget. I always, you know, I like I like to speed things up a little bit, make people make quicker decisions. I know who I think is worth a certain amount of money. So let's just get it up there. You know, not not Go one, two, three, you know, all the way. Let's get to 17. And then um, start talking. I, I'm totally with you. And the thing that happened with, with, with us on the pitching side is we got all these bargains. I mean, Severino yeah, finally pitching. got hurt afterwards, right? But he, yeah. at 13, I thought that was a steal. And Patrick Sandoval at eight, you know, and then, you know, McCullers at three. Two months, it's a huge bargain. One month, it might be a bargain with unlimited mm -hmm. IL. Um and then, uh, you know, Jose Suarez, who I really like it too. So, and 
Well, that starting pitching well. was devalued in this a lot. Hundred um, percent more so than I anticipated. I even thought it would be, but I didn't think it, it way more than I even thought it would be. And shame on me for not predicting that because Doug Dennis won the league last year, kind of going away without rostering a single starting pitcher. He punted yes. wins and strikeouts. And I've always said, okay, I'll let people run that strategy because guess what? It's two categories they're giving up. That means they have to be perfect almost. They have to thread the needle to he win. Was. <laughs> guess what? He was perfect. He yeah, won every but... hitting category and not by a small amount. He won like a massive lead in some of these categories. And he won and he won ERA. He won saves and he was 11th. You know, he had 11 points and a whip. So he got, you know, he essentially got the max minus one point with punting those two categories. Right. Really but, remarkable know, effort. It, it, it was. And Mike Gianella tried that the year before. And, right. You Finished know, third, I think. And he, so that was like kind of our warning shot that this was going to be tried again. Yeah. But I still think it's a low odds proposition. All the credit in the world to Doug. He, he executed it brilliantly. Flags fly forever. Good for him. But I don't think, I think your odds of winning that way are lesser. But yeah. what happened to Doug is the mid, the middle of the road closer slash eighth inning guys went far more expensive. And that is why I think the starters were more inexpensive than we thought. Mm-hmm. And also the entire end game was more inexpensive than I thought. Yeah, I'd agree. The, in the end game, you know, Rick is very, very upset, right? Because we had $11 left for one player and, and of course, you bid the whole thing in this context because if that player gets hurt, you get more fab back. Right. Um, as opposed to a keeper league where you want to bid the minimum because you're going to reduce your contract base. So we spent $11 in Edward Olivares. And he's bemoaning that. And I said, but you can't look at it that way because we wanted Veerling and Eaton and Olivares for like 15 and we got that. The other guys just went really cheap. Yeah, because nobody was bidding, and I couldn't understand it. Because you talk about the late speed being like really something that you should be valuing, and then we got these guys veering at one, you know, and Eaton I think was three. I just couldn't believe those prices. Right, right. I agree. Um, I think I had filled up some of those spots when those guys went too. So that was a little bit of a you know shame on me again for not anticipating. I tried to like be cognizant of. Like I know Doug's going to do the same thing again, and there's going to be some people that are going to try to out Doug. Doug, if you notice, you guys spent sixty bucks on pitching. Uh, Andy Andres spent like forty two on hit on pitching. I mean, it, he spent you know, more on catching than hit than pitching. <laughs> I know it's crazy. <laughs> I've never seen that. Yeah, um, and so I don't think Doug's going to dominate the hitting categories like he did last year. Uh, he's not going to get a thirty one Aaron ju- thirty one dollar Aaron Judge first of all, or a three dollar Jeremy Pena. Maybe he will. Maybe one of those guys will have the same windfall, but that, that goes a long way, too. He's got no one on his team that's hitting 62 home runs. I'm going to predict that now. <laughs> going on that thin limb. I like that. Yeah. Two, dollar, two, two, two home runs per dollar? No. Yeah. But I got to say, his performance last year hung over me the whole time. I'm thinking, okay, what's he going to do? How can I prevent that? Uh, be, just because I feel like it's a, it's a, type, it's a strategy that when pulled off successfully, it's hard to counter. Unless other people do the same thing. Yeah, this is a fascinating discussion for me because I don't I don't actually look at what anyone else is doing during the course uh, of the auction. I mean, Rick. I usually partner, don't. But, but I, I like Doug's going to do his thing and I'm going to do my thing and hopefully my thing is better. But I hear you that, you know, you watch a team get built and you realize, oh, he's doing it again. Now what? 
Yeah. Well, and the thing is, I think it requires some pre-planning. And are you going to do something about it or not? Because um, the thing is, it's kind of a mutually assured destruction if you try to like counter Doug and do the same thing as him. You know, it used to happen the same thing with like uh, Ron Chandler. He won three years running with the Lima plan. So all of a sudden, people are trying to out Lima the Lima master. And sure, it stopped Ron, but it also stopped themselves too. And like, are yeah. you willing to do that just to prevent someone else from winning? Or are you going to try to win? So it's interesting that you say that back in 2014 and, and you guys joined in after a while, we just decided that, you know, Larry Schechter, who's a terrific player, but it was so rigid. Like if he's got a guy in a sheet for 19, he absolutely will not say 20. Yeah. And, and Larry always calls out the guys he wants. He That's nominates right. the guys he wants. It's, it's, it's sort of like Charles Emerson Winchester, you know, uh, whistling louder when he has nothing in, in, in poker. But, um, you know, that year we just said Larry plus one. You know, Victor Martinez, 1920. Yeah. Well, you know, you know the type of player Larry likes, though, too. It's always the boring veteran, the guy mm -hmm. that is, you know, you know I, I, he is never the flashy guy. And he's going to find his $3 bargain here, his $4 bargain there, yep. and beat you that way. Like, no, it's true. But, you know, we, we wrote got a book about it. So screw that. We're not going to let him. You're not going to let him do his uh, thing. You know, you, you write about everything you think and do. We we talk about it for two hours a, a week. I know. We have and I don't begrudge system. him. I just don't like you getting know. beat. That's all. I, I'm with you. But, you know, we have Stanton just because we decided, like, Larry really wants Stanton and we're going to bid again. That's <laughs> so okay. hopefully that works out. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, it, by the way. Great to see Larry because he's had some health issues. Yes, it was great fabulous. to see him in uh, New York. It was mm -hmm. excellent to see him. So it was very cool about that. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is interesting. Like, how much do you let your opponents get to you on that a little bit? Typically, I never look to see what everybody else is doing in auction. Uh, and I definitely didn't do it in the online. In person, it's a little different. Sometimes you're like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. You know, there's boards right in front of you. There's also some smack talk in person. I mean, let's call it what it is. Yeah, of course, of course there is. And that, that that's the beauty. I mean, Ale Town is almost like a home league uh, for us. And that, uh, 100%. That's the way it should be. So I was, I was interested in some of the things that you decided to do. You went to closers in Kenley Jansen and Felix Bautista, 19 each. Was one of them an enforcement or was that the plan? Uh, it was an enforcement entirely. Okay. Uh, I feel better now. Um, I, I, I had no desire to have Kenley Jansen. Um, but so be it. I mean, he'll get the saves unless he's just absolutely terrible. Uh, I have, but I'll, I'll say this. I've won one of the years I, I won tout when I had two closers uh, hmm. and that worked out pretty well at reasonable prices. I thought that those guys prices were reasonable compared to a couple of the other, uh, other elite. Uh, Cause I got Bautista and Jansen. Uh, I think I might've got Bautista second, but it, it was, there was a little bit of price enforcement there. Uh, a little bit of I, I, in the case of Bautista, I would I would not have done it a week earlier when he was still sidelined with the shoulder stuff. The fact that he was throwing ninety eight, I was kind of like, okay, I'm back in. Yeah, you got an ugly save today, so yeah, very ugly. Yeah, very ugly. but so the the other thing I thought was fascinating about towers is the absurd, you know, prices, um, you know, for the catchers. And yes, I'm aging myself with the the uh, mash reference. Yes, but thanks, what's the Brunch, big surprise? on that one there. I got yeah. the reference though, so I aged myself by knowing it too. Yeah, but you know what? It's still a classic. It's still on it every is. single day. It I mean, holds up. I watched it largely in reruns, largely. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I thought, like, I know at Andy Andres, you know, drafting two of the major catchers for a huge money. But then what happened in the room is everybody nominated catchers. And they went, I thought, for far more than I expected. 
-hmm. and I was perfectly happy to sit it out. You never spend on catching, though, either. Not since Jorge Posada went past his prime. Yeah. Um, Although I I did take a catcher in the fifth round in the main, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we will. Uh, I did get two catchers. I got Melendez and Vasquez uh, because I wanted to get the playing time. My goal in this draft was to get every spot to have regular playing time. Um, We'll see if it works out. But Melendez is different. Like uh, Melendez is going to play outfield DH. You know, I think that's a different kind of play than I gambling agree. on Adley Rushman, you know, not getting beat up as great as he was today. Oh, my goodness. You know? We didn't even mention that. Adley Rushman, six on-base appearances today. Five for five, a walk, a homer. What a day. Yeah. I mean, but it is tough to stay fresh as a catcher. For Whereas sure. if you're a guy like Melendez, who's – what, probably going to catch a third to, a third of the games? Mm-hmm. It's a totally different animal. It is. I thought that was a very good pick by you. Thank you. Thank you. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, quickly, let's bring up our main event. Uh, sure. Because we, we have – we've been running a little while here. But uh, we drafted in the NFBC main event together on Monday. And it was fun. It was fun. We You were drafting third. We were drafting 14th. Far away from each other. You're with Al Williams in this draft. I've got my buddy. And Rick Wolf, of course. Uh, although I, I did this one, like Tim jumped in every once in a while, but I did this draft kind of solo, but we're going to run it together. Uh, you go Aaron Judge, Raphael Devers, Randy Orozarena, hitter, hitter, hitter to start. Ryan Presley, Will Smith. You didn't take your first starter until Lucas Giolito with the sixth round. Was that the plan all along or is that a reaction to the room? It was in part a reaction to the room. I mean, we typically would go starter in the four five turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and we gave some serious thought to going Darvish instead of Presley at the four, but we didn't think Presley would be back. And I don't really trust Ryan Helsley as we talked about. So that was really the last closer. And I thought we could replace Darvish much easier than we could replace Presley. And, you know, Bautista's there too, but again, the shoulder had me worried a little bit. But the guys that we really like, you know, Castillo, Gausman, and, and you know, went, and then we Darvish, we would have taken on the way back, but he got taken. So we went with Will Smith. And that was more of a wow, we really didn't think Darvish would go in the fourth round type of thing. And sure. we definitely would have taken Darvish there. Well, maybe the, yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, I think it's interesting because I think starting pitching didn't get pushed up as badly in this draft as I've seen in other main event drafts. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, the second round, we saw only four starters go. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Yeah, I I agree with you. I thought it wasn't pushed up, but then, you know, I just couldn't pass on on Rafael Devers at the end of the second round. I agree. I mean, I I just couldn't do it. And then we have two guys who don't run, so more than a starter in the third round needed a guy who was going to put up twenty plus stolen bases. Yeah, for sure. So looking at your team, let's go down later on. You, you've got Christian Walker, Xander Bogarts. You talked about getting a pretty good price on him. Carlos Correa, another guy that doesn't run. Uh, Bryson Stott, you're kind of counting on him to you know, kind of jump up in the stolen bases and then Grisham and Bader. Do you feel like you have enough speed in this lot? This so lot? I'm very worried about the speed, as you as you could tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Bader was, you know, we talked about this. As an injured player, I probably don't go with him, but that's why we later drafted Bubba Thompson and Will Brennan, you know, on the theory that you've got two guys who could play every day um, and steal a lot of bases. But I think we'll be chasing steals a little bit. Um, we just, when you go Devers Judge, that's what happens. 
um, we had a big debate, you know, do we go Judge or do we go Julio or do we go Jose Ramirez? And the only reason in my mind to not take Judge is the stolen bases. And we just. I had to take in Judge, too. I think know, Judge or it. Julio is the call for me. I take them both over J-Ram. Um, I agree. And, you know, Judge isn't a complete zero there. Now, I don't think he runs as much as he did last year. Last year was a contract year. I think he probably doesn't hit for the same high average, but regress to what Scott Pianowski always says. And even like 80th percentile of what he did last year is still like top three player. So I'll actually disagree with you. I think that if the rules didn't change, he would have gone from 16 to 10. But I think given the rule change, the 10 that he would have been is going to be back to 15 or 16. Because okay. this, is not a, this is not a guy who's stealing bases on pure speed, right? This is a guy who can read the pitchers, who, who runs intelligently. And now there's all these more opportunities to That's true. figure That's out true. spots to run. So guys like him and Anthony Rizzo, you know, who's always stealing some bases. Right. Those are guys who's sneaky guys. Yeah. Right. But those guys are the ones whose stolen bases are going up. You know, do I think Arazarena's 25 might go to, you know, 28 or 30? That's a 20% increase. You know, Judge's 10 goes to 15. That's a 50% increase. Right. So it's interesting because I also started with two non stolen base guys. I went Vlad Guerrero and Manny Machado. Uh, Machado gave you some. Right. Some. More than Devers. <laughs> yeah, true. True that. Uh, Devers is even slow to get into the batter's box, apparently. But uh, so I've heard. Yeah. Uh, so I had to address it later on, and I went Tim Anderson, Jake McCarthy, back to back on that. Uh, Glaber Torres always is good for ten, and he might be worth fifteen now too. So I was trying to be cognizant of that later in the draft a little bit. I still wonder if I have enough speed. That's always like I always wonder: Do I get an? Yeah, you know, that's like the one thing I feel like I have as a weakness as a drafter. Sometimes I don't pay enough attention to stolen bases. So it's interesting that you say that because for us, it was, we, we absolutely consciously tried to avoid to over X, you know, mm -hmm. emphasize it. So if you look at the eighth round, we took Xander Bogarts passing on Stephen Kwan thinking, Oh, how do you pass on a guy who's guaranteed to 300 and then, you know, give you so much more flexibility later in the draft because you've got mm -hmm. that. And then Kwan went, <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? And there were a number of times where things like that happened. And, you know, we passed on Jonathan India to take Carlos Correa, but I think Carlos Correa is so much a better player. I know. I know. You know? It's at some point though, you have to like, Oh, okay. I guess I'll go that route there. Um, you know, I got Lane Thomas cause he's not a great player, but he, he will run 10. He'll, he'll he bats lead off and gets 10 to 15 stolen bases. That, that's a choice I made, you know, in con concession to that. Nate Eaton in the uh, penultimate round is like, okay, I'm going to, I don't know if I'll play him enough to get all those stolen bases. That's the problem with the players like that is you actually have to play them to get the benefit of their speed. Yeah. I mean, you have to look and, it, you know, in a couple of weeks we'll know, are these guys platooning? Mm -hmm. What's the, what's the cadence? And in, in this format where you can change the lot, you know, the hitters on, on Friday for the weekend, you can, you know, you can play with the matchups and, and, figure out even a guy who's only facing lefties oh they face two lefties okay it's his speed is now worth it you know that kind of thing right, right um but you know we did the altuve thing which we we should you know we should talk about right a yeah. little bit more because let's say he comes back whatever june 15th i just just make up a date right is he not going to run because of the thumb i'm not sure that's true like if he's going to run he's going to run so I, I this is something i need to 
probably I probably should have done already, but I haven't because I didn't end up with Altuve anywhere. But I needed to dig in to see where. How does he slide? Does he slide feet first? Does he slide head first? So I don't know the answer to that, but I can't imagine Jose Altuve can't learn to do that. <laughs> no, I understand, but you know, at times it's instinctual, right? You know, it's like what yeah. you've been doing for all your career. It's not like he's. Yeah, I, I, I guess you, you and you practice it, you practice it, and all that. But when, when, when you're under pressure, how do you react on all that? Yeah, now there's been also years where slide he, with the other hand too. That's true. There have been years where he hasn't been true. a stolen base guy lately, though. Last year he did run, but the two previous years not so much. You're right about that, but I'm thinking this is a situation where, with the different rules, the bigger bases, the time mm-hmm. clock. You know, um, I'm not really counting on him per se, but I do think. Stott will run some and Grisham will run some and Bader will run some. And, you know, you get some for Altuve, who is like, a, for us, if we can hold on long enough, a huge fab pickup. It's like a $400 fab pickup if, if you can hold on long enough. Well, yeah. And, and, and you have to now. You're locked and loaded. I think that's right. Unless, you know, you just get a bunch of injuries where you have no choice, you know, um, but you hope not. But then you're um, probably dropping the other injured guys because yeah, I mean, probably depending on the length and whatever, I right. agree with you, but you know, look, there are always guys who come up and run mm-hmm. and we need to be picking up the Will Brennans of the world, those type of guys, as opposed to chasing the estuary Ruiz as if he were to come up and co for 300, like we can't right. chase that. So it's going to have to be more, you know, sort of units. Right. For but sure. If, if I had to do it again, I would definitely pay a little more attention to speed. That's that's the one thing that kind of really bothers me with the team. However, as we talked about, Will Brennan is in the lineup on opening day by surprise. If he's going to play, he's a guy who could easily steal 25 bases. Exactly. Uh, quickly, let's look at your pitching. Uh, we mentioned Giolito and Lynn, Charlie Morton, Patrick Sandoval. I love Patrick Sandoval. Got him I- everywhere. <laughs> I, the only thing I don't like is that the Angels go with that dreaded six-man rotation. You lose out on like four starts, but you know you never get that two-start week. That's the one thing that's kind of annoying. Yeah, well, they're talking about not doing that, but you know, in round twelve, the end of round twelve, if Patrick Sandoval throws one hundred and fifty good innings, thank you, I'll take it for sure. And Griffin Canning went on the IL today too, so that's one uh, less six starter there. And I have him everywhere, but what yeah. Are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, you got him pretty late. Kyle Gibson, opening day starter. He got a Um, W today. Got a W. Uh, I like a little Mackenzie Gore. I like that pick too. Some some good late side upside guys, and you got you got a lot of relievers too. You got Presley. You got Kimbrel. You got Alex Lang if he closes. Uh, I know he's the leader to close in that team. Uh, If he doesn't walk too many guys, that's the one thing I worry about a little ever so slightly. But even like. You have dart throws at Will Smith and Denelson Lamette, too. You have lots of possible save opportunities here. We had to draft Will Smith because we have catcher Will Smith. Mm-hmm. So it's just a necessity to go, you know, fresh print square. Sure, of course. Of course. Hopefully you won't be standing around looking around where everybody went. But, uh, you know, all that. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank we you. haven't aged ourselves enough in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Alvarez just homered. Um, I'm Good trying to see him. who uh, against Reynaldo Lopez, who gets the ninth for the White Sox today. Uh, it's 3-2 now in that game. I don't know who uh, got was responsible for the White Sox getting their runs or who they got them off of. I know it was 1-1 really late in that game there. So. Who, who was the opening day starter? I'm trying to remember. Uh, it was Dylan Cease, and he looked awesome. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Dylan Cease looked really well, really good. His velocity was back up. Um, after being down a little bit in spring training. So eased a lot of people's concerns there. 
Framber had to battle on that one, but it was, I think it was zero zero after like seven innings in that game. So I'm very worried about Framber. I have to say, not that he's going to be a bomb because he's not; he's an excellent pitcher. But such a high ground ball rate without the shift, mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to see some regression there. Probably so. Based uh, on the price has always been high. Plus, a lot of workload, a lot of playoff workload. That never yes. gets uh, factored in when you're looking at innings accumulated there. Um, so, all right. Uh, so, I like your squad. I think it's a good team. Thank I you. hope you finish second. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, uh, second in the overall, I'll take it. Um, yeah, well, let's go one, two. Let's take it home. We'll, we'll be like those like those two guys last year, uh, Kramutola. And, you know, Kramutola won the overall and didn't win his league. I, you may have heard like 7,000 times. but Yes, uh, I think that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. But you know what I thought? I mean, I'm taking a look at your team quickly. And I think, you know, we jumped and got Will Smith in round five. And then I look and see you with Sean Murphy at the end of round nine. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I the, you know, there were I thought the first half of this draft, there were so many things that went right. The second half of the draft was a little choppy uh, for me. So we got Shane Bieber, Jordan Romano, three, four after starting Guerrero Machado. Uh Manoa in the fifth, and it wasn't a good day today, but I thought that was pretty good price. Tim Anderson in the sixth, I uh, love that. Um, and then the the one that I thought was interesting is I got Scott Barlow at eleven fourteen, and I know Aroldis Chapman exists. I'm not he really does. that worried about him because I don't think he's good. Interesting. Um, I'm not and sure. He's going like in the ninth round everywhere else uh, that I've seen. So I thought that was kind of a coup to get a second closer that late. Um, and, and still be a, a, a pitcher. Barlow's, I, I think Barlow on his merits is a very good pitcher. No doubt um, about that. I agree with you. I don't think I got punished for waiting on pitching as much as I could have been punished as, as other main events have punished. I thought the, the starting pitching prices were more reasonable in our draft than my other two main events. So I agree with that, but I, what I was puzzled by, and I have to ask you this question. Okay. A role this, you have Scott Barlow and a role this Chapman is falling and falling and falling. And we mm-hmm. talked about drafting him like for five rounds and we didn't do it. Um, but you take Zach Greinke in round 28. Were you at all tempted to take a role this Chapman at that point? Just I was. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, that's the play I should have done. A hundred percent mistake on my part. Okay. Uh, because And on Wednesday night, I got that. I got Barlow and I did get Chapman. Good for um, you. So... Yeah, because those are the only two games in town, right? It's either or. There's really, you know, like yeah. Clark, I guess, could be part Dylan of the picture Coleman, there. I'm not, no. yeah, I'm not really worried about too many other options in that Royals bullpen. We have a I brand mean, new manager. We don't mm-hmm. have Mike Matheny anymore. So True. there is that. Um, I, I'm, I kind of think that, uh, I think it's going to be one of the two. I think it's going to be Barlow. I really do. So, so I'm cynical and think that they got Chapman to, to have him close for three months, look good, and trade. For sure. I could see so, that happening, you know. But if that happens, the problem in this format is you may not have Barlow by the time he gets the job back. Oh, I'll hold on to him. I'm stubborn, okay. like, a mule, like a mule there, uh, right. because Chapman, if he gets the job, is going to lose it. Uh, is, he's terrible. You know, he was very good for a long time, and he was even decent at very, you know, it's small portions last year. And I think it was mental, not physical. So if he's in the middle of nowhere, then. No offense, Kansas City, but compared to New York City, it is, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of the media. If he just can settle down and do his job, I think he can still do the job because this is a guy who gets criticized for throwing 99. Yeah, but he was throwing 98, 95 at some points last year, too, and missing. Um, yes. And he walked away from the team. At the, that, look, that was gross. And, and he's a bad human being. But it, Well, look, that killed the team. 
you know, because of the other injuries they had that lost Chad Green, that lost Michael King, like that was bad. They really, really needed bad. him. Really bad. I mean, um, you know, they were, so, they were just, just out of gas in the bullpen. For sure. So, yes, it was a mistake that I didn't handcuff Barlow with him. I just feel better because we made the mistake in not drafting him for like three rounds and felt yeah. bad about it. Yeah, it was it was definitely a mistake, and I'm a little short there, uh, for sure, hundred percent. It's because I kept on thing with Dominguez, by the way. And I mean yeah. to interrupt you, sorry about that, but we 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 really should have taken Dominguez once we had Kimbrel. Yeah, because yeah, it's obviously not going to be Gregory Soto, who I think Ooh, was up in the fourth today. today. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, that, so funny they made that trade. I was like, why? Why would you do that? I didn't get that. I mean, maybe it was just to have a second lefty so that they can do whatever they want with Alvarado. I kind of thought that's the only thing that makes sense to me. For sure. For sure. So all in all, I thought it was a fun fun draft, fun team. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, um, it, I'm just happy. We have a regular season that starts on time. Oh, yes. A full schedule. No funny business uh, with the owners, uh, the lockout. No shortened season. Knock on all the wood in the world. We'll have some rule changes during the course of the year, though. Yeah, yeah, and we still have to worry about shenanigans with the ball, but uh, yeah, but I'm lobbying for get rid of all of these time clock rules in the ninth inning. Two minutes left in the NFL and the NBA, it's all different rules. Ninth inning, we don't need this. It's okay to slow down the ninth inning. I tend to agree with you on that one. There, I don't think it's such an amazing thing that a game's over in two hours and fifteen minutes. I want more. I mean, lack of lack of activity. I understand that, but. I don't really care about journalists getting home an extra 45 minutes yeah, early. But not in the ninth inning in a game yeah. that's four runs or less. Right. You know, with three, you know, and, and to me, I don't want a game ending on this rules. Uh, and it will happen. It, and look, it, it happens in the NFL, right? Game ends in the 10 second runoff. I can't yep. stand that. It should not happen. There should be one free play. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on that one too. But I mean, it, I will say there is less dead time in the game, and that's probably good. Uh, it is. I wonder 100%. if we'll see more pitcher injuries, uh, you know, just less recovery time between pitches. Uh, he, you but, know, I think the teams should have been preparing for this. All and year, I think right? they were. Yeah. And Everybody players were for the most part too, but you never know. You know, I listen to Cody Decker a lot on, on the, you know, on Sirius XM that you and I both broadcast on. And, you know, he played in the minor leagues, obviously before the yep. major leagues. And he makes the point over and over and over again, the younger players they played the minor leagues with these rules. Right. That's right. It's just the older players. Kenley Jansen it, just comes to mind as the guy. Exactly. That's have I was just adjusting. thinking that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's going to have as big effect as, as people fear. Um, and the team should know, okay, if you're going to go 95 pitches, go 87, go 85, you know, ease up on them a little bit because mm-hmm. the, the workload is a little higher and it's not a big secret that the 30 pitch inning is harder than the 20 pitch inning so it's sort of the same concept right it's the yeah we saw that with hunter green today with the reds had a 30 pitch third inning couldn't get yeah. out of the fourth uh and by the way that's a feature not a bug with him that happens all the time anyhow. well but you got to protect that the kid and maybe you just say 100%. you know what i'm not even going to send you back out there yeah yeah this is I not, think this they had a quick hook for a reason today and i thought it was the right call so but yeah but get get used to that with some of these other young aces i think that will happen a few times here and there too yeah, look, I thought they were going to pull Cole early. I thought they were going to pull him after five today. Yeah, uh, he was cruising. Have, yeah, it's probably he was, he was but it's cold. There's a lot of you know. There's a lot of pitches. I mean, what did he throw? Like eighty pitches in five innings. Apparently, they sang the national anthem at an appropriate enough pace for him today. So uh, there was that. So we got that going. He for is him. quirky. Yes, indeed. 
All right. We'll end on that note there. Glenn, Excellent. awesome stuff. Uh, no, we had you. so much fun. We went a little long there. I appreciate your time on that and all your insights. Uh, it, it, was, it was really fun just talking baseball with you. Anytime you have my number, I'd love to do it again. All right. Very good. Glenn Colton, everybody catch him on Tuesday nights on Sirius XM fantasy with Colton and the Wolfman catch it. Uh, some uh, his work on fantasy alarm as well. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We've got a uh, full slate of podcasts every single day here on RotoWire. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.